Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane, the ordinary, some would say the boring. One thing we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating so that you can feel free to relax, drift off, or just listen. Thank you for joining us. We do hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and I am currently in beautiful British Columbia in Vancouver, and I have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, Christina Patterson. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thank you for having me, Marco. Christina, you and I have uh, performed together on many stages, and uh, you are on this side of the country and I'm in Toronto and whenever I'm out West, I always am grateful that you and I can connect. Uh, Me too. So. Me um, too. And there's a couple of things that I associate with you, Christina. I'm sure like everyone has sort of something that they associate with certain friends of theirs or certain colleagues with you. It is the majestic starfish. And I think it comes from, a time where you gave me a little stuffed starfish with little, they weren't googly eyes, but they were eyes that were looking in different directions. <laughs> so I want to ask you, tell me about a time where you encountered or dealt with a starfish in any way, shape or form. Well, growing up in Victoria, British Columbia, mm -hmm. As a child, there were still many, many starfish along the coast, off of the beaches. Would those be the five-pointed starfish or the ones with many, I guess you'd call them arms? I would call them arms. Mm -hmm. But yes, they were the five-pointed um, sea stars. <clears throat> and they came in magnificent colors of purples and pinks. Wow. And... They were just so lovely to look at from the beaches. Your, your favorite color would be the... I would have to say purple. The purple starfish. So unusual looking from the shore, looking into the beaches and seeing these beautiful purple flowers in the water. I also remember mm -hmm. 
being in grade 11 oh. and having to cut up a starfish no, in biology really. class and not being happy about that. You know, they say if you cut one of the arms of a starfish off, another starfish, or I don't know if I'm wording this right, help me out, Christina. They say that another arm will grow back I eventually. So the amputated arm will create its own starfish or clone, I guess, of the other starfish. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. I was under the impression that the starfish itself could grow another arm. But boy, if that is the case, that the arm could grow another starfish. Mm. Wow. Okay. Maybe that's where I'm mistaken. The So the larger starfish that had the arm amputated would just grow a new arm whereas the severed arm would just probably crinkle up and die or leave okay probably get eaten by a crab okay interesting because the starfish eats crustaceans like um clams and whatnot that's right right. mussels and mollusks all sorts of things they kind of wrap their arms around the clam let's say Mm -hmm. and then work really Hard to pry it open. That's right. They've got tiny little suction cups on their arms that that they use, and their strength is incredible. Mm-hmm. If you were to try to pry open something like an oyster sure. or whatnot on the beach, you would need an instrument, of course, or a device. But in fact, the starfish just use time and strength and their wit. There you go. See the humble starfish and its uh, strength. Since we are here on the West Coast in Mm -hmm. Vancouver and well-known for its beauty Mm -hmm. and its verdant colors and, and, you know, the strong greens and trees and whatnot and some ferns, majestic ferns that I've never seen elsewhere Mm -hmm. you see out here. It's amazing out here. I think one of the reasons that mm-hmm. I gave you that starfish years mm-hmm. ago was probably because when you grow up on an island, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel right to be anywhere else. Really? Tell and me more. Well, I had a fantastic time in Toronto. Okay. I met so many great people, so many friends and friends like you that have <clears throat> lasted for however many years it's been now it's true that when you grow up on an island being in anywhere else not having the fresh sea air surrounding Mm -hmm. you and filling your lungs all the time it's it stays with you and you you're drawn back to the island it calls you back in a way calls you back yeah and in fact even being on the island if Mm -hmm. you've lived near the ocean being inland you start to feel the need to be back on the water right and i think i actually ended up making sort of a themed wedding basket for you and amanda as well with all sorts of west coast things like starfish which if you remember Mm -hmm. uh it prompted a song that you improvised on my guitar about starfish i do unfortunately i don't have the guitar so you will not be hearing that i do want to mention that you have a theater company out here called launchpad 
theater company. That's right. And tell me about that. What What is the mandate of your theater company? Well, my husband, David, and I. Who you may remember on episode 20, I had the privilege of interviewing uh, David and we got into pencils. We got so in-depth with pencils that we never got to speak about the eraser he likes. So we'll have to have him on a future show where we discuss that particular eraser. I think he would love that. Mm -hmm. I know he would love that. So tell us about your, your theater company. Well, our company is called Launchpad and David and I create a good deal of site specific theater. Oh, I understand you do stuff in castles. Is that correct? correct. In Victoria, we have a little castle called Craig Derrick castle. And if you can imagine having a castle as your set, my goodness, in all of your shows, with the audience following you from scene to scene, room to room, you can't. It's a kingdom for a stage. Oh, wow. So, Christina, I'm hoping one day, and maybe you and David can make this happen, perhaps Launchpad Theatre Company can make this happen. We can record one of the podcasts inside this castle. I have... I have every confidence that we can make that happen. You wouldn't believe how beautiful this little castle is. Tell me about this castle. This is in, for our listeners, is is in Victoria, British Columbia. That's right. Mm -hmm. It was the home of Robert and Joan Dunsmere. Robert Dunsmere was a coal baron Mm -hmm. who had coal mines up and down the island and oh, I had no idea there was coal on the island. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's a good deal of history and and uh, folk stories about coal miners who rabble roused to get unions and got find, themselves killed. I find that fascinating. It's super fascinating because when you think of the coal industry in Canada, my mind, anyways, goes immediately to the Maritimes and the coal mining that happens out there. Right. I never think of the West Coast because, for me, its association with lumber is so strong mm-hmm. that I immediately, when I think of our natural resources from out West, in particular in British Columbia, I immediately think lumber. But please tell me more about this coal baron. Mm-hmm. So Robert Dunsmuir was a Scottish coal baron who lived on the island and Mm -hmm. had coal mines throughout, he decided that his home should be a castle and began building. He had trainloads of wood brought in from Chicago. Really? Because it was white oak, I Oh, I see. Okay. White cedar, maybe. I can't remember. Okay. Some sort of white lumber. Reined in four years of building with giant stones and turrets and beautiful, beautiful wood, which you're not supposed to touch when you're in there. I'll be sure not to touch it. Good. He actually died before the castle was completed. There you go. And his wife, Joan, moved in with their many children, Mm -hmm. some of whom are... Um, very well renowned. <clears throat> one of the daughters of the, one of the granddaughters, maybe, mm-hmm. Dola Dunsmere, was a 
comrade of a Tallulah Bankhead. Oh, she was one of her girls. She she palled around with her, and Tallulah Bankhead used to come to Victoria and spend parties there and eat and drink and revel. One of the other daughters, Kathleen, was in one of the very first Hollywood films filmed in Victoria, B.C., and it's said that the reason that she was in it mm-hmm. was because of her parents' money being able to help to finance the film. Wow. Uh, it was quite a flop, apparently. Oh, I see. But she uh, was able to get a bit of fame as a result of that. And then, of course, uh, James Dunmere, Dunsmere. Mm-hmm. Became the lieutenant governor of oh, British Columbia. So this Dunsmuir family not only had built this beautiful castle, which your theater company um, does some site-specific uh, shows that uh, I can't wait to come and see. Um, but they have a long history of interesting sort of connections to various fields in Canada and abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something very peaceful about castles that are no longer used as castles. So, for example, like um, Buckingham Palace is obviously a, a, a palace that is currently used by the monarchy there. But when you see an abandoned castle in Europe or you see a, a castle that's sort of taken on a new a new life, there's something very peaceful and serene. Would you say that about this particular castle as well? Yes, absolutely. The castle is 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 almost like a second home to us now. Wow. And what a nice place to have a second home. It is. It's a little bit spooky in some of the rooms. They they say that there aren't ghosts there. Well, that's good because I prefer not to go to a place that has any sort of spirits in it. Uh, benevolent or malevolent. <laughs> I do want to talk about rain. We talked on an earlier episodes on an earlier episode about snow and how Canadians all are very aware of different types of snow. And I think one of the reasons why the um, vegetation, the flora, is so verdant and so beautiful here is because you do receive quite a bit of rain is that correct yes we do so tell me about different types of rain that you experience for any of our listeners who may be from desert nations that don't experience a lot of rain tell me about different rain uh, that you experience here if you love rain Mm -hmm. you will love the west coast okay there are all sorts of different kinds of rain starting from little tiny mists that you don't really notice that you're feeling until you arrive at your destination with little drops of rain on your hair. So it's like fine mist in the air Mm -hmm. that you sort of walk through and you don't even realize it because it's so fine? Yeah, that's right. And we have, of course, more of a thicker, fuller rain that comes down and bounces off of the sidewalks. We have the rain that turns sideways, that 
no umbrella can protect you from. Oh, I need to know about. So this rain hits you, like, uh, would you say like vertically, like practically vertically, wow. and the benefits of the amount of rain that we have mm-hmm. is our lush green rainforests. Sure. And for all of your listeners, I would recommend being here at some point in your life mm-hmm. and going over to Vancouver Island sure. and going up island to places like Euclid mm-hmm. and Tofino where where not only is the rain charging the air and the trees when you say charging the air what do you mean by that it means that that it energizes it okay. and refreshes everything it really? cleanses the the air i feel like we have the cleanest air as a result as a result and then in, when you're when you're on the coastline mm-hmm. and the storms come oh it's people think they don't like rain and perhaps maybe going to work or getting yourself to and from places it's a bit inconvenient but if you just commit to that rain and allow yourself to get wet and allow yourself to enjoy the recharging and walk out to the coastline and watch the waves and feel the negative ions entering your lungs it's such an amazing thing your cheeks get rosy right and the things you can imagine that are happening out on the ocean when these waves are crashing up on the shore it's so romantic and frightening and dramatic i find it um so refreshing to speak to someone who can enjoy the rain or at least give perspective on the rain like you did i know that there is a saying that my grandmother would say in her dialect of Italian when it would rain and the sun is out. I don't know if there's a term for that particular phenomenon. Have you ever experienced mm-hmm. it where this it'll be a sunny day, but rain will still mm-hmm. come down? It's happening a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's called, but I do know that the first thing I do is look for the rainbow. Okay. When that happens, of course, my grandmother would say in her dialect, Sipatina Lestrisa, which translates to the witches are combing their hair. And so as they comb their hair in the sun, (laughs) rain would fall down. So it's my favorite rain is when it's sunny Mm -hmm. and it rains because it reminds me of not only that unusual saying, but my grandmother telling me this, this particular saying in her dialect. That's, that's great. That's now I'm going to think about that. But make sure you look for the rainbow as well. Of course. Of course. Um, is it seven colors in the rainbow? Seven. Seven. Roy G. Biv. Is that the, the acronym that you Red, use? Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Wow. Which is your favorite of those colors? Well, the amazing thing mm-hmm. about certain rainbows is that You'll always see the red and the orange and the yellow and the sure. green. But then the indigo and violet, it has to be a certain amount of sun and a certain amount of rain to oh, make those happen. I didn't know so, that. Once again, I would have to say purple. Oh, there you go. Because if you're seeing the purple on the rainbow, then that's a bright, 
bright rainbow. Mm-hmm. And you can see double rainbows. Oh, yes. The old double rainbow. And then if you can see both ends of the rainbow, that's a real treat. Sure. Sure. You know, Christina, um, all this talk about rain reminds me of what happened last night. Uh, you and I and David went to a restaurant and uh, we had umbrellas with us. And as we were leaving the restaurant, I uh, was going to walk out without my umbrella because it stopped raining. And you said, oh, don't forget that umbrella. That's right, Mark. Uh, from being a man from Toronto, mm-hmm. your experience with rain is in, is in depth. And I felt like I needed to guide you. And, and so you did. And I thank you for that. Um, is there a... Rain accoutrement that you never leave the house with living out here during the rainy times? You should actually never leave the house without an umbrella. Mm -hmm. However, you can sort of get overconfident and leave the house in sunshine and, and within minutes, it's a downpour. Wow. And that can happen at any time of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. And really? They actually say in Victoria and Vancouver that you're going to get four seasons all in one day. And does that happen? It's it does. It's not going to snow sure. in the summer or in the winter most of the time. Oh, I see. But, but you do leave in the morning with a bit of a chill in the air, mm-hmm. a bit of frost on the ground, and by evening time you're warm and toasty and then by nightfall it's freezing cold sure you go through all sorts of seasons in a day here and i would recommend not leaving the house with an umbrella but then again sometimes you just have to fly by the seat of your and, pants and wing it and hope for the best right true and a wing and a prayer true true in life as it is uh with your rain accoutrements you know i Thinking back, I've never had galoshes. Me neither. I don't even really know what galoshes are. Are they like rain slippers? Like what's a galosh? As far as I know, a galosh is rain pants or rain boots. Is it a rain boot? Like It's like big, tall rain boots. Oh, that's what galoshes are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're great if you're mucking around in puddles they're not great when you're going to an office job well i i guess i guess i've never had really i've never had rain i guess they're just called galoshes but i have seen these rain boots that have handles have you seen them they sort of have like almost like little rubber pail handles on either end of the boot that help you sort of put on the rain boot i think that the people that work in industries where those boots are um almost required you see those are those are kind of important if you can imagine being on say a fish boat and having to pull your boots on with wet gloves or wet hands and yeah they're so industrial See, I, I had no idea that. I just thought they were a fashionable thing, but obviously they have a practical practical purpose. Right. Have you ever been on a fishboat? Well, 
I've been on a fish boat, but mm. not out at sea. I see. I unfortunately have a lot of motion sickness, oh. so I'm afraid that uh, my husband David's dad is a fisherman, and, and uh, David grew up on fish boats. And so when I met David and mm-hmm. met his dad, we went and uh, spent a bit of time on the Vindicator. Oh, what a great name for a, a boat. That's the right. Vindicator. What a great name for a superhero, uh, a That's boat, right. and, uh, you know, uh, a lifestyle. Yeah. And his dad has had a few different boats since okay. I've known him, and I've been on... All of them, from the Makia, which is a sailboat, okay. and the Breaker, which is a little, basically a lifeboat that he turned into a, put an outboard motor on oh, it, neat. little pleasure boat, and, but I have to be honest, I've never, I don't think I would do very well on an actual fish boat out at sea. <laughs> How are you with fairies? You know, the fairies are so large that and weighty that they actually don't really give you an indication of the the waves. If you are on a ferry and you start feeling seasick, <clears throat> then you know that it's really, really, really rocky out there. And in fact, tomorrow we'll, right. we'll uh, head back over to Victoria and... Who knows the amount of times that fa- fish uh, ferries get canceled or delayed because, oh, because of, of the weather. storming weather right. here. Uh, when you're on the island, you uh, you risk being on that island when it's stormy and weathery. There, there may not be flying out or taking right. a ferry over to the mainland. Wow. Have you ever seen wildlife when you're on a ferry? I have, oh. yes. Seals and otters. I've seen killer whales. What? On the ferry? That's right. Oh. They're very rare from the ferry. Okay. They're smart. They stay away. Sure. But you can see them <clears> off <throat> in the distance, sometimes even breaching the surface and jumping right out of the water. Wow. Well, that, that'll be a conversation for another time, possibly in a castle with you and David. Lucina, I want to thank you so much for being part of the Insomnia Project. If our listeners want to find out more about what Launchpad Theatre Company is up to, they can go to www.bringingyouthestars.com and we'll have that on the uh, podcast page. As always, The Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions and we're privileged to be broadcasting from Vancouver.